This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to the Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Ryan LaSala. And I'm Clarabel Ortega, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, if you want to follow us on social media, we're at anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub, Twitter at badauthorpod, Instagram at badauthorbookclub, and our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. Woo! And if you want to hang out and chat with us and our fellow loyal listeners, you can find us on Discord, the link to which is in our show notes. Today's episode is Chapter 1, Countdown to Emergence Ball, Day Before... Livia. Is everything going to be this hard? Is it all going to be like this? I think so. Chapter one has a colon in it, just like the title does. They love colons so much. What do they think a colon does? I don't know. Countdown to emergence ball day before. Why not just the day before the emergence ball? Right. It's not much of a countdown if we're starting the countdown one day before. Are the other chapters going to be 23 hours before? Maybe. That, no. I mean, you're not serious. It could be considering that this entire chapter, Livia is on a horse. <laughs> spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Jeez. Oh it's my not, God. It's not much of a spoiler. She's she is. Info dump city. She is on a Rebel horse. Rebel city of Indra. <laughs> colon oh, info colon dump. Info dump <laughs> look, look, I can support this because I often say, you've heard me say this before. I, as an author, I write for the girls, the gays, the theys, and the nays. The You've nays, never said that. The nays being horse girls. You've never I said that. I do. Well, but, and don't I? What? Write for the nays. You do. Yeah, well, so I've said it in so many words as a book. Okay, I'm not protesting the horse. <laughs> I, I support horse girls. I'm protesting the info dumping. No, no, you're rewriting history. You, this started when you said, I'm, she's on a horse for the whole time. And I said, spoiler alert. And you said, she is. And now we're talking about horses. Now you're talking about info dumping and you're not wrong about that. But that's what I was protesting. The horse or the info dumping? The info dumping. On top of a horse? I am protesting, Mm. first of all, that she spent the entire chapter Riding a horse while info dumping. The combination of things is what I don't support. Do you support that? Because I think if you do, you need help. Uh, oh. You're screaming. <laughs> Something's alarmed. They're coming to get you. Good. All right. We the should... horse girls. <laughs> They're like, you don't represent us. Mm-hmm. In Congress, we've never elected you. And they like go, oh. did you have a horse girl growing up? No. I was. I lived in the Bronx. I was highly suspicious of horses. Yeah. We had one. Anahita Satui, I hope you're doing well. Okay, let's Are you move out on. there? <laughs> okay. All right. So this is going to be a POV chapter for Livia. Point of view. We're alternating points of view in this yes. book. That I could have suspected going into it. Right. Because it's a dual POV book, right? It's the mm-hmm. story of Lex and Livia. We're starting with Livia. And I want to note that her name is written in a beautiful little cursive font. It is. Which is different than Lex's. Oh, yeah, I just saw when 
I got to the next chapter. Okay. So already I can tell you that Livia's, I mean, with a name like Livia. She's the, she's the fancy girl. She's the fancy girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's the horse girl. <laughs> she's riding her horse. She's riding, she, okay. Whipping her hair in the wind. So why don't you, why don't you give us, uh, why don't you bring us into the chat? We have to start. <laughs> yes. Maybe having wine was a mistake. Um, So the first line is, I'm breaking the rules and I absolutely refuse to care. Wow. Okay. Rebels. Rebels. City of (laughs) Um, It's giving rebels. So we start off with the character Olivia is riding her horse, Veda. Um, Is that how you read it? Veda? I said Veda. 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 I like Veda better. Veda. Veda's cooler. Yeah, Yeah. like Veda Salt and Foot. Puss. Veda Salt and Foot. Salt and Puss? Salt and... What the fuck is... What? You never watch My Girl? No, I don't think so. Ugh. I'm not watching it with you. It's too sad. Okay. Look it up. Veda, though. Veda, yeah. Okay. All right. So long as you have corroborating evidence. Yeah. She's on a, yeah, she's on a horse in the floating gardens. And Veda whinnies ecstatically as they pass the last of the designated security posts, which I guess are not really doing much because she's galloping right past them. She's sort of just like talking to us or like having internal monologue about what she's thinking, what she's doing. She's like running away from like her governess. Governess. (laughs) We've both pictured with giant bazungas. Why? Giant yabos. I don't know. Because it's what we do. We have to like make every woman cunty in our brains. Wait, you're right. So (laughs) dear reader, what was happening? So we were reading this next to one another and there's a lot of this chapter is like the governess. I bet she's looking for me right now. I bet the governess is huffing up and down the stairs, yeah. checking for me. She's checking every nook and cranny of the governess's house. And we're both like reading this and we both just turn to each other. Clara goes, I just think she's got huge tits. Yeah. I was like, I'm picturing her with huge tits. Yeah. I mean, and Ryan's like, me I too. actually was looking up to also say, I am picturing the governess with huge tits. The only way I could get through this chapter. So, okay. So, okay. She, so basically, Livia, this whole chapter is like a friend chapter where Livia is on the back of a horse and she's picturing the governess like looking for her throughout the like orphanage or whatever I don't know if it's an orphanage no it's not an orphanage it's like a a manor yeah and um or like a boarding school sort of situation I imagine and uh through the governess's agenda the fake conjured phantom governess we were basically learning about the world and all the rules that Livia uh, refuses to to abide by because again she's breaking the rules and she absolutely refuses to care. But then she right. tells us every single rule possible. Right. Yeah. So so basically what it boils down to is she's a she's a debutante. She's about to yeah. make her like premiere or whatever into society. Or the emergence ball. She's going to go through what the emergence ball yeah. is countdown. And it's where she's supposed to find her cohabitant. Right. AKA is, like a husband. Right. Like a man. A heterosexual mm-hmm. coupling is about to happen to her. Uh, so we learn about the world. And Clarabelle's right. It is very info dumpy. Super. Uh, and let's see. There's final gown modifications, vitamin injections, rosebud cheek infusions, last minute blemish inspections and evolutions. Mm-hmm. But this felt very modeland to me, just sort of listing all sorts of like beauty procedures, procedures and things. which is very interesting coming from a jenner i know because like hello yeah hello 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 yeah girls <gasps> do you think they'll find out about the podcast through this oh my god maybe i think that, you know what i think they will because in my head they've moved on to such a significant degree onto like bigger and better things than like their little book career that i bet like they still have like the friends that like from time to time rip them being like hey remember when you wrote this like book oh my god like what a live what a lex livia thing to do you know well i also bet you anything that like um, their mother has like uh, notifications on Google. It's like up all day. Oh my god, Chris Jenner probably already knows that we're doing this. It's also interesting because this is the year that, like, I was talking to you before about like Bob, Bob Kylie, and let me just show you a picture. Oh. So this is the emergence of this Kylie. Oh, I remember this. So like Aqua Tip Kylie, yeah. this hair was like everything. This was 2014. This is the year the book came out, yeah. and this is the first time she premiered like having lips because she was also very also she was a lipless oh, little girl yeah she was always she very was lipless. like the little mat <laughs> she was always she was always very lipless very lipless very so lipless. this was like her her like re-emergence yeah. this was her yeah 
Emergence Ball. Oh my god. Twenty fourteen. Oh my god. She was like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm also hot. Yeah. And so to see them talking about like injections and procedures and like a couple other things we'll get into yeah. later oh my gosh, yeah. from like a Jenner Kardashian family member is like very surreal and I weird. Think that I like sort of how like the predominant conversation we kept on having during Model Land was like Tyra's effort to sort of critique like the beauty industry has reaffirmed many things that are like wrong with the beauty industry. I think that's what this is going to be too. It's basically like in their effort to like write a scathing review of like classism they're basically going to affirm just how out of touch they are with oh. the struggles mm-hmm. of like yeah. people who don't look like them and don't have like their standing right because at the end of the day they are contributing to the thing that they are attempting to critique and they're it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able yeah. to do that and i don't think they possess that no. and how could they i mean also they were very young they were very young true i don't know how old but yeah very very baby. So there so she's on she's she's on a horse. She's driving the horse around, Veda, and she's talking about other things. We learn about the beauty. We learn a little bit about how she has to do fan communication, which is basically using a fan to communicate with like people. That is the gayest thing. That yeah. Oh my god, the the like you use well, that's a real thing, fan communication. Mm-hmm. And like there's different signals and stuff, but one of them like is to like close it with a thwop, which is like I'm not interested. Every little twink like out of their minds on Molly at the club is going thwap, thwap, thwap with a fan. Uh, I just, you know, communication is not the strong point of the gay community. So, but now with fans, now I suddenly understand what they're getting at. Ryan, famous foe of the gays. <laughs> um, So we keep talking about, uh, she keeps thinking about her life and how desperate she is to like get away from everything. Uh-huh. How she lives on Helix Island, oh which my is God. like... Immediate was like, okay, so there's a DNA component to this book, like very one note, sort of like a surface level, not trying to find a name that like digs a little bit deeper, like even like the name of someone involved with like dna discovery oh my god watson and crick like the like the people who created the first model actually, right but they're just helix right like like adenine island or something like there's so many i literally have a cytosine molecule tattoo on my body it's one of the complementary base Such pairs fucking nerd. so nerdy yeah i know but like no one wanted to like do a little digging they had to go with helix but it's helix, like the first thing yeah. that you get to it is a very 2009 sci-fi vibe I understand that. There's also an X in it, which is like appealing. I love X's. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this happens a couple times. Mm. Um, but I think that things like that is also what sort of like is supposed to separate like YA from middle grade. Because I feel like something like Helix Island in middle grade is a lot more acceptable mm. because kids are probably not haven't even learned about that or like are about to learn about it. Um, so it's okay. But mm-hmm. like it happens in another naming situation, I believe where they go for sort of like the easiest route yeah. rather than like yeah digging a little deeper a little deep. yeah it's a little it's a little easy we also learn that her parents are not in the picture anymore i think they're both dead yeah we'll, it seems we'll learn like later they're that both they're dead. both dead or at least they're met supposed to be both dead right i have theories i have theories too mm. uh her mom though she says like oh i don't remember much about her <laughs> the things that she knows she's learned from the governess and one of the things she knows which made me laugh is i know that she designed her own formal wear and enjoyed berries <laughs> that is so weird to say about your mom especially when like there's as we'll learn there's no like real fruit in this world yeah everything is like engineered so yeah. like what do fake berries imagine taste like? dying and what the people say like oh my god clarabelle clarabelle loved berries i feel like that's something like you're like dad or grandpa would say right because it was like once you said you liked bananas and then that just became like the only thing they knew about people you. like tag you in berry content fuck <laughs> don't say that i mean maybe her mom's a rabbit we don't know maybe uh so she's still on the horse the governess in her mind is becoming so displeased as to be frantic her yep. huge tits are heaving and let's see where'd she go oh veda is snorting with elation and fear as they get to like the edge of the island Right, which you would think there's, like, guards there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's talking about all the security, and she's blowing past it. And then she brings up Wa- Waslo? Waslo? Waslo, I think. Yeah. Waslo Suture <laughs> is her father's protege. And, again, a really obvious name. Waslo Suture. I, like, these people, if, they, if these people end up being in, like, medicine and science... Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I actually do think that's kind of what is happening here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the father, I think we learned in a little bit, not to jump ahead, but the father is like a famous geneticist. Yeah. Yeah. And like, 
his and Wadslow is his protege. His protege, so probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. She's talking about how Wadslow and her have discussions with a capital G. I don't understand why discussions are capitalized. So discussions. So they reference this thing called the Book of Indra, mm. which to, I think is like a holy text. Basically, I think the Book of Indra is the thing that it's like it's like sort of their like declaration of independence or bible in the society okay. in it are the rules for how to be in society and so that's why she references discussions with a capital d because i think they're like sermons almost got it in this world and each of them has like a i don't have any of these highlight but like like a different lesson yeah like, the lessons are like um there's respect for the family name yeah. appropriate behavior as a reflection of upbringing uh-huh. appropriate behavior and she says that he for this offense, he will probably choose being a proper young woman. And it's basically like her punishment. Like he'll right. recite the discussions to her, or, like talk to her about right. it or whatever. This is giving like a little bit of like um the giver vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree. People are we don't go outside. There's like these rules. We have to abide by them a lot. I mean, a lot of dystopian era YA sort of has these tenets so I'm not like miffed to see anything like this it actually is kind of interesting to see like their ver- like I love that it's like a discussion even though it's clearly like a monologue mm-hmm. that's kind of fun um the book of Indra I it mean, feels kind of like a sermon yeah. in a way and I I actually don't find it annoying either like I I don't know if this is my brain on model land speaking but I appreciate <laughs> the world building that like makes some semblance of like sense right yeah um she also has the nerve to talk about his thin lips and i can only hope that candle jenner wrote this we're calling her candle i don't care candle jenner wrote this (laughs) chapter otherwise like kylie you get one vial of juvederm yeah you forget where you came you forget where you came you were you were out here writing fan fiction against the lipless i want to say that livia so far she is reeking of i'm not like other girls big time Literally, one of the lines uh, is, I'm not normal, I think, or at least I'm not like anyone else. Like, so she's literally, like, really putting it out there. But at the same time, there are other lines that I think are, like, act- like really sort of, like, sing with good characterization. For instance, she talks about how she doesn't want to roll around in a white, or she doesn't want to wear a white dress because she'd rather, like, roll around and, like, have fun and, like, engage with the world. And she says, nothing is more pointless than a white gown. It's, like, telling the world you are incapable of interaction. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's some really cool, like, that line is doing, like, a lot of work to tell us, like, her attitude. I would hope there's some good lines. There are four people writing this book. There are four people, yeah, at it in this book, too. So even though this is, like, a really tropey main character, like, the princess who doesn't want to be a princess, uh, there are some really good lines that Mm. feel like they're actually in the voice of someone who who's like totally saturated with like formality and is trying yeah. to find a way out of and it. And the idea of like what femininity means, right? right? Yeah. And they're well, trying to she, yeah. like push like she back against to, that. She likes to fence as well. She likes to use her sword. So we're talking about the Book of Indra and all the discussions. And then we have a section break again. Oh my God, yeah. Which I think is going to be a theme for this book, unfortunately. Um, so it just switches to sort of like, I guess a section of the Book of Indra, maybe talking about like what a proper young woman is supposed to do and then also talking about how there's no not there's no organic nature anymore everything is synthesized everything is synthetic right and there's this line that says uh it will never be truly real i often wonder if anything is an indra and like that's Mm -hmm. what a teenage line what yeah yeah we know without a doubt that nothing is going to be as it seems so yeah so this whole thing is talking about what a proper young woman of new indri Andrithian society does or doesn't do and like gives a little bit of like maybe there was global warming vibes in the world before the great catastrophe what was it called she has not called it the great catastrophe yet right but we know that from the prologue right okay (laughs) and i just private jets came to mind (laughs) why because of their private jets well yeah i just again i i find it interesting sort of to see people like them who are sort of like contributing to like the collapse of things yeah um and contributing to like the beauty standards that they seem to maybe be criticizing and talking about them in this book i just i don't know I, maybe yeah, the, the maybe irony. the ghostwriters were like <laughs> i know they truly they truly set them up for an embarrassing ride i mean bit, yeah because even in 2014 when this came out like they were like the kardashians were the kardashians right like mm. there was no 
getting around that legacy. So this was always going to be published in the shadow of the Kardashian family, even though these are the Jenners and sort of the next wave. At the same time, though, like part of me wonders if these girls in their rebellious like teen years were like really thinking like we're going to find ways to sort of like push back like subvert this. And this was sort of that effort. That would be really interesting. And I actually wouldn't be surprised because that's like also a very like teenage thing to do to sort of like see past like the bullshit in your family. Exactly. And be like and also anything that's so overly familiar, you kind of tend to like disdain a little bit. So even if it's like this high glamour, you're like, oh, I don't want to be like Kim. Yeah. You know, Um, speaking of. So back to the fencing, she talks about how like she was in a possibly strange little child, an odd little girl, whose leisurely pastime was swordsmanship. That's what she demanded her tutors teach her. And then she would wager the governess um, regretted like, basically giving her a chance to hold a zinger. Help. Which I think is what a sword is called in this yeah. world. I don't know why they call it swordmanship. And then her sword specifically is called a zinger. I thought that, that was a joke at first. But truly it is a zinger and it's basically this like blade type device that makes a zing noise literally a zing yeah, noise it makes, like music music mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and she describes her swordsmanship through analogies of music which as it turns out are not analogies because it literally is making music it's literally making music and this is another example of a very middle grade coded thing like uh-huh. in a middle grade book something called a zinger like i had i had a weapon of sorts called a razzle dazzle like it was very <laughs> yeah. funny in ghost squad would i put that in a, yeah. in a in a young adult book <laughs> not unless it's meant to be tongue-in-cheek and this book yeah. is very super taking itself seriously oh so, so serious yeah mm. oh my god yeah so she's got the razzle dazzle at her hip <laughs> she loves her little razzle dazzle she's going for the it the singer is now called the razzle and dazzle. she also like it's just livia is so annoying to me because she's describing herself like so many times Livia the Cosmo the orphan heiress like Livia she, Cosmo Livia Cosmo first of all that's her full name the orphan heiress like she's wait heiress spelled a oh my god you're right e-s-s like in the air oh my god because she's on a floating island I didn't even notice that bitch that's what I'm here for oh thank god you're here oh my god so yeah and by the way she's still on the horse she's still like giving us this whole time telling us all about they are riding so far Uh uh-huh Philippe could never Uh uh-huh she says I'm not sad I never knew them referring to her parents you cannot miss something you never had in the first place which I'm pretty sure is a line that I put in reverie she calls herself a living breathing memorial to the great Armand Cosmo her father was a true Indrithian of importance so she says before he died the dead are never as important which i beg to differ the be- the dead are like they're made yeah. into like martyrs Tell or like Jesus, icons Olivia. or people who die are often like made more famous it's iconic yeah to die mm. yeah she talks about like their legacy how it was so big and then she also just gives like a little bit of background on like indra's like one child policy basically that all mm-hmm. people in their cohabitation they're allowed all couples are allowed one child right which doesn't quite make sense because if for every two people that couple up one person's produced this would result in a declining population over time <laughs> not to like model their population but they've yeah, got to get mean, children they, i think from they were someplace. trying to get the population under control which oh, yeah. is like what Oh, which her her dad, I guess, was at the helm of this? Yeah, he created basically birth control. We'll find out in a second. He created the EX pill, which stops you from being able to conceive, and then you go off of it just to get pregnant, and then you go back on it. So probably it's not just birth control. Probably it's a whole host of things that it's doing to you. Right. She also keeps talking about her dad as, like, this wonderful, like, legend, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel like he wasn't. (laughs) definitely alive definitely evil and i also questioned like in the prologue we meet andrew and artos was it atros 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 i forgot his brother's name who kills him but because her dad's name starts with an a oh did we hold on what is it do you remember what it is her dad's name yeah armand armand okay yeah so because her dad's name also starts with an a and gives the same vibe as those two names i wonder if he was like either he's the brother who killed the other one and changed his name or there was a third brother okay um maybe 
And he's evil. Or was evil. I had the same idea of like, oh, A names, here we go. We learn about the class system a little bit. There's a middler population, which I think is like the middle class. Mm -hmm. And basically like serve people who are like the upper, like the heiresses of the Again, so deeply disturbing coming from a fabulously wealthy person (laughs) writing this. Right. Because this is literally true of her life. And she was never not wealthy. As well. Just like she was born into wealth, right? Well, both of them, right? I feel like we're both assuming. I know. (laughs) What if they wrote this? We don't know. One thing I want to mention that I think is so funny is the second I saw Midler, I laughed a little bit because I went to, I went to, what? A bet Midler? Oh my God. I've also made that joke before in relation to what I'm about to say, which is that the college I went to, it was a five-year college because we would like, you had to go get a job. It was called co-op. I don't know. I went to Northeastern, whatever. Because it was five years, people weren't sure what to call that, like, middle year. So we were called middlers. Like, it was, like, freshman, sophomore, middler, junior, senior. Now who stole from whom? And we also learned that Livia and everybody, presumably, in the society is sort of taught what they need to know by something called Life Guide, which I think is a program. Yeah, or like I a... picture it as like the gay mirror from Snow White. <laughs> yes, I also thought Life Guide was gay. Literally, I put Life Guide, I put gay. Someone called Life Guide, like, come on. Yeah. Definitely like a little like gay best friend vibey, like a smart device that's like, sister, like those mathematics scores aren't going to get any better if you keep looking at like JLo's dress on Google Images. She talks about how important her dad was as yeah. well and like how she, how he even had Midler's to like wipe his ass if he wanted she to. literally says that yeah she's like my father was that important uh-huh. it says she inherited the armin armin cosmo legacy because the governess thinks that livia is also an indrithian of importance mm-hmm. but life guide refuses to instruct livia in genetics yeah. for some reason even though she's she's allegedly tested that she would be really good at it and she knows it's because mr suture Wesley Suture, whatever his name, Waslo, 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 Waslo Suture said, my God, she's genetic genius or something like that. But she won't, they won't show her anything about genetics. She also has a flawless memory. And we know because there's a sentence that just says, I have a flawless memory. Yeah, she told, she told us. Um, we are just telling at this point. We learn a little bit more about the procedures that you get done and how her father invented a lot of them, including boob inflations. <laughs> Um, I got that. And how the the governess was, <laughs> that's what you, they happened. It could happen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I got a thigh inflation. I love one of the things that, so they mentioned all these like different like crazy procedures, like boob inflations and basically like cosmetic plastic surgeries. And one of them she mentions um, is that if for, for whatever reason, like you get so old that the sparkle goes out of your eye, you can get the sparkle reinstalled in your eye, which I think is actually really fun. I love that. I love that. And it's at a place called Rejuvenation Island Clinic, which, (laughs) take me there. I need an all-expenses-paid trip to Rejuvenation Island Clinic. Okay, imagine that or the OOA Spa. Not that Wall Spa did nothing but traumatize. <laughs> this at I'm least sure I feel like traumatizing helps. too. Well, no, I'm okay, but like, what happens there except for you seeing like memories? Oh, at the Ua Spa? They put a dress on you. <laughs> I actually don't remember. Someone got murdered in the Ua Spa by a dress. I mean, it's still early, but so yeah. far I have a much better like. No. Dimple insertions. Oh, dimple insertions. That's that's Skin repl- replenishment. Bone skeletal adjustments. adjustment. Yeah. I would get it all done. Already we're Me getting... with dimples? You you don't have dimples? I have one. I, I sort of, Yeah, I've sort of like projected them into your my image of you. I've adjusted you. It's because I'm so cute. Like you're like, how do you yeah, how do you not, do have, not dim- have dimples? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So we are we're going on and on. Uh, she is the whole the whole passage, everything here. And it's also broken up into different, like, chunks, so it's a little hard to, like, follow. So if you guys feel a little confused reading this, it's because it's actually a little – like, she jumps around a lot into these, like, yeah, separate – I noticed that in the paperback – oh, you do have them? No, okay. only – so there's there's little line breaks a lot of the time, like, right here, but then sometimes there's a section break as well. See, so in the, in the iPad version, because I am an iPad kid, there uh-huh. are – like, you actually see – so many section breaks. Oh, yeah. You have actual section breaks, and I don't in mine for whatever reason. But it's like these passages of about 
400 words and then it breaks off. She sort of goes in a new direction and it sort of feels like they just didn't feel like giving transitions to her. Yeah. They're, and like they're sewing just this like into like one like stream of thoughts. Spurt, yeah, blips. spurts of yeah. like whatever. Um, they also did not. So there's this thing called an echo when mm-hmm. you're writing. Oh, yeah. And it's just basically a fancy way to say repetition. Yeah. So if you have, let's say the word time in one sentence and then the next one sometimes your editor will call that out for an echo yep should you change it should you use another word um i've noticed already more than once they have echoes on this page want for Mm -hmm. which is already sort of like an awkward thing to read because like this is written in like sort of like british old bridgerton type style it's a little english yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we could we um we have everything we could possibly want for and then in the same sentence according to the governess who never fails to want for an opinion like Uh literally yeah same sentence so yeah and yeah it's weird because this is definitely like far future but the tone of their like her voice at least is it's like a little old timey which I kind of, I think it's kind of funny. What it feels like to me is like a far future society that has sort of purposely regressed itself to a certain version of our idea of what a regressed society looks yeah. like as a means of like obfuscating all these other things, probably. It's also, again, Red Queen vibes. Like Red Queen is like balls and <laughs> balls, balls. And ball gowns and like sort of like court and like royalty but also like modern tech and like motorcycles and all of these things that were left over from like before i did not know before times red queen and i've always wanted to and i didn't know that yeah so it's like a mixture which is i think really hard it is yeah because the aesthetics of that are like kind of corny yeah so i think it's really hard to do that well right it's like bridger it feels like bridgerton right bridgerton like, bridgerton. like imagine bridgerton with a motorcycle that in sounds it. great and like like a security camera yeah fun yeah but it, it it's hard to it's pull hard to do. off well yeah yeah because readers have this idea of like when you start to assemble a, a, a world out of words the world that you start to create when you read words like this want to striving rot right this sort of like kind of like floral language mm-hmm. it becomes old timey so you've got to like add in these bits of like farly farly <laughs> like far future developed technology which i could feel all four authors trying to do <laughs> like mm-hmm. the bit like the the drill right like that's mentioned sort of first things first in in the the prologue so i can feel the strain between these two types of settings happening and i'm the jury's out as to whether or not they've struck the right balance with me at least Mm -hmm. but it is something that i'm keeping my eye on at like a craft level yeah for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we're introduced to another character regrettably named master (laughs) um who oversees her swordsmanship Uh uh-huh and she's like lamenting the lack of like a conversation partner like she has yeah. nobody to talk to like yeah. she's like the only person i talk to is the governess life guide doesn't count either does master yeah yeah and basically she's like too clever for this like little world she's like too she's just bursting with clever ideas she's also never visited the city of indra it says she's never visited and the only middlers she knows are the maids appointed to scour the endless white surfaces of the main quarters i want to know like what is her class and does she know other people in her class or because this this matters because if not then her emergence ball is about to be her first exposure to like other to talk to people. people in general right and one thing i liked about the emergence ball is that she will pick a suitor like it's her choice and she even notes that like well at least i'll have that choice yeah uh, which is you know not unless too it's like about. a Chekhov's gun or whatever where she doesn't really get to choose like she says right. it but then it's not <laughs> schrodinger true. suitor right like it's yeah even there which the is box. what which is what i love to i love to say like character knew everything would be okay everything was not not okay okay. (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah we we noticed there's gonna be some trickery upcoming um and then we actually on her she's still on the horse by the way this is this is why this is info dumpy by the way y'all because like she could have shown us a lot of this as she goes through the preparations for the emergence ball so much of it like why like why didn't she like why didn't we have a scene of like the governess was like 
giving her a, one of those baths they love to give in these kinds of they like worlds. Bath, yeah. And scrubbing she, someone roughly. She was talking to her like, Livia, you know you must pick yeah. a cohabitant. You right. know how important this is. You know how you have to be a proper young woman. And then she could still have internal yeah. dialogue happening yeah. at the same time. Um, that would have been way better. And then like have her escape after that, like show her leaving the oppressive world. So we were right. rooting for her right. and also less of a chance to like info dump. Right. right. I would have, I, yes, I agree. And I would have flipped it with her getting caught on the horse right away and dragged back so that the governess's lecture made sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like maybe it begins with her being like, this world's false. I'm on my horse. I fucking love like whinnying through the sky. And then she gets the security triggers she gets brought back in so we can actually see like oh she really is kept in this world because she's telling us how like captive she is as she's literally like galloping around this island right and not a single security or checkpoint is like activating and i'm like i'm not buying it i think that this whole entire chapter and like vehicle is in order to show us one scene at the end yeah and i think it's all built around this the thing that's about to happen okay let's talk about it so um Um, also just in case we haven't made it clear i don't think it has been made clear up until this point they're in a dome right right so they're they're in in a dome dome. she gets like she gets to the edge of the island and she basically glimpses Mm -hmm. the dome above her and she's like it's hard to see it's really faint but i'm always aware of it because again she's like she's so focused on like breaking rules right she's a contrarian kind of character and then she looks down and we hear that the island's floating and it's floating above a massive like paradise type city that's like made of like mostly glass she Mm. says and she's never been to it she's never been down and that's the city of indra that's that's the that's the title of the book city of indra so (laughs) and that's the that's 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 the city (laughs) she's she's gonna go there so uh she's gonna go there she's gonna rebel they're looking for olivia (laughs) she's escaped again she's on her horse Oh oh my god one thing we forgot to mention yeah veda is the only horse oh my god yes only horse ever. I'm not like other horses. Like she's an anomaly. Alive. Like there are, there's no nature, and Veda is the only horse of her kind. Belonged to her mother. Yeah. And now, to Livia. Yes, her father bred the horse. We don't know how. Mm-mm. And all of the all of the uh, male horses died. Only the mares survived. Only this one mare survived, and she's not white, but ivory. And and actually, Livia scolded us because she was like, "You wouldn't even know." She's ivory, but like I know, there's a huge difference if you care to notice, idiot. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, like I I didn't call your horse white, girl. All yeah, right, she's like, like she's not white. She's ivory. ivory. <laughs> and you know what? I'm calling it now. Her mom is the horse. Shut up. I'm telling you. If her mom is the horse, her mom is the horse. I will love this book. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's all right. Putting my money on mommy has been turned into a horse. Anyway, so. We're getting to the end, and she's she's looking over the void, and then she sees a tree. And we learned that the trees are sort of programmed to bloom, and this one tree has one final apple on it. Yes. Oh, my God. Wait. Also, I just want to point out this one line that's, like, foreshadowing. Um, she feels something boiling to the surface of her skin. She says, this part of me I cannot control. This part is not only important, but something far worse dangerous what does that even mean i don't know does she have like it means she's about to she's like a sleeper agent and something's (laughs) gonna be awakened in her but like it sounds very biological what she's harboring something boiling to her skin yeah i don't know is she like a bioweapon i don't think i don't think that's what they mean i don't think that jason bourne (laughs) born supremacy i love this movie what is what is that the little music from jason bourne do it again can someone verify? It's true. We'll no look idea. at it later. Okay. Have you ever seen one of Jason Bourne? I'm pretty sure. It was really shaky camera work. Yes. Okay. Exquisite. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. He would kick James Bond's ass. Do you Fight ever me see in the, like, comments. the John Wick movies? I've never seen those. Those are great. I watched, though, like, my family's, like, holiday tradition is to watch, like... <laughs> really horror like 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 horrifying action movies and oh we watched God. all of the john wicks one year it was thrilling remember when we watched twilight with your family <laughs> my stepdad like stood with his hands on his hips for the like whole time 20 minutes and was, was like, like why are we watch watching this. this i can't watch i this. can't watch this oh it was so fun <laughs> he spent he spent 40 minutes 
not watching it, but telling us he was like watching it, but telling us he wasn't. Highly recommend. He couldn't believe it. Okay, can we can I can we talk about the apple? Yes. She sees an apple, and Livia, like, jumps up on top of the horse. She jumps off of the horse, but lands on top of the horse. And she, she like takes out her zinger. She takes the zinger out. Oh, it's from her back. Sorry. She takes yeah, takes it out from behind her back, and there's a sound. It's distorted. Um, and this is when I was like, oh my god, wait, the sword actually does sing. It's not just a metaphor or like an analogy. The sword actually makes like musical notes. I don't know. I like that. I, I mean, like it. I do too. But I at the fir- when she first introduced it, I was like, oh, this is like. It's an analogy. Yeah, no. But no, it's making noise. It literally sings. It makes, you know, yeah, I imagine the sword to be like one of those things. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, it sounds like the cat from Bee and Puppy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I love that show. You introduced me oh to Oh my it. God, yeah. It's, so, it's like my comfort show. <laughs> That's the sword, right? It's like a mix of like a kazoo and the cat, cat dog or whatever it is. And... This is so anime, but she like gets like she like makes she jumps through the air, does like a flip. I don't why is she doing this? I have zero idea. Because she can. And she lands back on top of the horse and suddenly Veda's her- like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Veda's like, stop. The ew. horse is like, ew. Uh and then she like stands up and suddenly Master, aforementioned Master, is there and he's like he's like he picks up the apple. And he's like, we do not damage nature. We do not kill what grows. And then the apple slides apart. Like, like anime style. Like, there's like, shing! The apple. She she sliced the apple in half. Oh my god. And then she says, but it isn't real, master. Nothing here is real. I really think that she... I think that they came up with this scene and wanted to, like, end it with this moment. Yeah. And couldn't think of any other way to do it right. than to have her on a horse the whole time. Like, they wanted to avoid showing her escape. So she just started on a horse. <laughs> yeah. And ended on the horse. Yeah. So this one could happen. Also, the part with Master was so, like, anticlimactic. Like, he was just there suddenly. Yes. And then she says, like, is he constantly watching our others? I just feel like it's such, like, a muted response to someone just, like, appearing yeah. And, like, I know she wants to give us the idea of, like, vigilance and, like, being watched. But, again, could have done that so well had she started somewhere other than on her horse already. Right, right. Tell us what it takes to escape. Like, what? maybe she's been planning this for months. Tell us that, yeah. right? Yeah. Just so yeah. she could get one final ride of freedom. Like, maybe she could say, like, this would have been my last chance yeah. to do this. Right. And I've been planning for months and I knew it would be the only day I would be able to escape. Yep. And so I took my chance and I did all this stuff and watch her be like charismatic and, yeah. you know, she could have escape. Had, she could have had all of that. And instead, their way of conveying that she's a badass is she sees an apple and for no fucking reason gallops at it and slices it with her little singing sword. Why? For what? <laughs> to what end? To, to what the, end? To what end? Like, for the vibes. Like, just vibes. Just, just vibes. vibes. So, she wanted to show that she was a carny. And this I is don't just even, model land. It again. is deeply carny behavior. Mm. Carny behavior. Hey, is carny. Is carny a bad thing? Like, is that like a bad phrase? Are, well, but carny Circus aren't... worker. Let's just say that. <laughs> Someone of the circus experience. Just in case. A circus. This is circus employee behavior. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil. And so... Um, get another de... section break. What the fuck? Yeah, section break. And then we get into what I would describe as sort of like a instruction manual on uh, something called the archives. A universe of wonderment. Honestly, it sounds like the metaverse. Yeah. Um, this is not Livia's, like, voice, by the way. This is just, like, an instruction manual for yeah. how to use, like, basically the internet of Indra. Right. So you can basically walk through information. It's like Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, you can just, like, walk, like, through reenactments of things. Also... Mm-hmm. Let it be known. The this title this the title of this section is excerpted from excerpt excerpted? Is that Ex- word? Excerpted, yeah. Excerpted from the Book of Indra, comma, chapter seven. Yep. Colon the archives, colon <laughs> a universe of wonderment. And and half of that is in quotations. It's in quotations. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing with like 
I'm just, I can't. So it talks about how, you know, it's a fully immersive environment. You can, like, basically take in nature yeah. via an access chip, which goes into your wrist slot. Yeah. Yeah, so you, everyone you, has, like, a slot on their wrist. Yeah, everyone's got a, like, little wrist slip. Nothing, nothing wrist, good ever comes. Aristocy. <laughs> like, they put the little, the little drive into their wrist. Oh, I'm sick. Yeah. And then they, like, press play via a thumbprint on their own wrist. And basically, the way that this works is that, like, they're then able to, like, walk through a historical event. It's, like, a full experience. And they, it sounds like the person doing this is sort of knocked out during this process. And they can do it anywhere in the city. Like, if you've got the chip and you've got the thumb, you've got the experience. Yeah, you can just escape. And it says you can um, replicate historical events, pre-great catastrophe, and educational training programs. Yeah. Educational training programs to reduplication of your personal memories. Right, so like you, you can, can like back live, yourself up yeah. into this, into this. What I thought was really fun is that through these instructions, there are asterisks and like footnotes, basically. Mm-hmm. And and if you do, I had the... little red diamonds. Oh, fun. Okay, yeah, I had, I had, um, but then these asterisks like they lead to like footnotes, and the footnotes are actually like they're really good. Like the footnotes are like. Your archive access is monitored by the High Council via thumbprint DNA matching. Your individual archive uh, access is restricted at their discretion. And then, like, the the warnings get progressively, like, scarier. Mm -hmm. Like, the next one's, like, anybody found to be, like, viewing things outside of their access zone, which is an act called flinging, (laughs) uh, shall be shadowed. So, like, literally shadow banned, which I didn't, I wasn't sure how to interpret this, but basically they'll be locked into the archives, yeah. And you will know them due to their blank stares and hooded cloaks. That's so weird. Why would you keep them there? Wouldn't you want them somewhere else? I yeah. guess it's a warning. Like, yeah. don't be stupid or you'll be one of these bitches. So then are like, does, do, does that mean though, if I'm inside the archives and I see like another like archive tourist, but they're in a cloak, like they're a human that's like locked in and their body is on the outside. Or does it mean that in society, if I'm walking around like grocery shopping and I see someone in a cloak, with a blank stare their blank stares because they're Ooh, in the archives i don't know that's a good question it okay. would be cool if they could be anywhere but why would they be in the grocery store well i mean you still gotta live oh my god shut up <laughs> i also thought this was interesting the high council has the power to alter modify and adjust archival simulations yeah so they're rewriting history definitely rewriting history and which brings me to my final... Uh, that's the end of the chapter, by the way. Um, so now we'll get to Rose and Thorn. But before we get to that, a thought just occurred to me. So, like, you see this title, right? Like, excerpted from the Book of Indra, Chapter 7, The Archives, colon, A Universe of Wonderment. I wonder if the title is, like, an entry in the archives. Right? Because it's, like, the that story of so Lex and Olivia. Smart. Rebels, like, the category colon city of indra i kind of feel like what we're getting or what this is like the theme of this like the formatting like four people wrote this book there's got to be some intention behind like structures and titles and stuff like this there's one thing i've learned on this podcast (laughs) it's that you don't give people the benefit of the doubt (laughs) if there's one thing that's happened to us it's we've become a lot less forgiving I just rather oh, believe the worst that's fair. until I'm proven wrong oh because you gave too much. You gave way I, too much. She to never Kyra. finished it. She never finished the trilogy. She could have answered every single one of my questions. No, of none of which I remember. And I had a great time with that book. A ball. A ball. <laughs> a ball. A ball. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of chapter one. Um, I have to ask, how did you feel like that was for an opening chapter of a book? Give me. I give felt me your... it was really bad oh, God. i was gonna tell be honest but here we go i'm sorry it's it's so incredibly info dumpy yeah the way that i kind of test how i feel about a book is how i feel after i've read certain things yeah and the fact that i was unable to retain most of what i read because there was so much text like there's definitely things that i've left out yeah um in terms of the discussion i made notes which helped but had you asked me before I looked at my notes what this chapter was about, I would have been like, uh, she has a ball thing coming up and she's escaping and yeah. her dad did science stuff and yeah. she's like worried and there's an archive stuff section at the yeah. end. What? Yeah. But it, it was nothing that sort of like stuck with me. Sure. There was nothing that made me, I don't want to say there's nothing that made me want to read on because I am curious about the rest of the book. Sure. But I think that 
it was just way too much information and being on a horse the entire time yeah just felt like a waste yeah it does feel a little bit impotent as a first chapter because i keep on wanting to be like come on like let's get going let, let's get into the story but let's I feel get like sickening you're you're giving us like all of this information and we're the people like in line waiting to get on the ride and just being inundated with like safety procedures and like lore around the ride when like really as a reader I kind of want to like get into it but we're just you know just because we're on the back of a galloping horse doesn't mean that this is exciting yeah I really do think the whole entire chapter was written around the apple moment yes which is really unfortunate there, yeah, it's the stupidest when people thing. say like kill your darlings like this yeah. is what they mean but I honestly really do think she could have kept that yeah if like they could have kept that moment if they really wanted to while starting the chapter off in a different way here's, here's i would what have loved an been. escape from right. the palace type of situation I, lo- I would love an escape or like she's on her way out we've learned about this like synthetic world during her escape right she's getting out and then um she's like leaving no trace like she's gonna get away with it but as the last act of rebellion she sees like the last apple on the tree and like she you know her rage builds up and she's like she hates this world but she's about to escape it and she slices it in half to like really like show somebody and then you don't show what happens to it but then chapters down the line when eventually they catch up with her they show her the halved apple and it becomes a symbol of the fact that like she was so close to getting what she wanted but she couldn't check her own like ego she couldn't really get away with it like it becomes like a thing later on i think that's so super clever and i think that would have been way way better yeah way better yeah both of our options would have chosen anything but this you know who put the most in most work in during this chapter Hmm. Veda, the horse. Veda was working. Veda was working hard the, the whole time. And the sugar cubes. Yeah, she was prancing around that island while this like girl monologued to us. And I will say that I do I do feel like I was given a lot of like interesting stuff about the story. And because I know how these stories work, it does fit in really right. like to the rubric that I basically mm-hmm. have for like like highly formulaic dystopian trash teen drama. Right, like, which I love. I don't say that with any. I mean, like, I, that's not a derogatory term. We love like, trash. Yeah, love it. Like, we have a whole. When we say about bad it. author book clubs, we are also the bad author. We're, we're talking about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the books, but yeah. So I, I, I didn't like it that much either. I didn't. I liked it. I think a little bit more than you did, but it's because this, this is sort of like this scratches the itch that I have for stories like this. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely interesting parts of it, but if you ask me, sort of like point blank, if the chapter was good or bad, True. it was bad. Rose and a thorn. My rose is the. I loved the dimple installation and the sparkle <laughs> surgery. I think that is so that was clever. Very clever. It's a little bit goofy. A little bit goofy for, I think, like, the tone of this. Um, my my thorn is that Livia, for a main character, is insufferable so far She's uninteresting. I am sort of sick of the Katniss Everdeen-type character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am sick of the girl who is, like, so over, like, femininity and, like, that type of heroine who basically... The way that she shows strength is through the emulation of traditionally masculine behaviors. Horseback riding, slicing shit with a sword, shirking her duties, things like that too. And I understand why this girl exists. And I'm actually really happy that she's so popular as like a main character for like rebellion type stories. And I think that she sort of serves a really powerful purpose to many, many readers. So I'm not saying that that's like... She's a bad person to write. So if you've got a character like this, like, great. Give her the fucking sword. Make her stab somebody. People will love that. People will cheer for it. But I am so much more interested in... I want to talk about the bells again. <laughs> love Tanya. Danielle. I'm so interested in... We can't quit in, you. We can't quit Danielle. In, like, the girl who basically, like, understands how to use her femininity as a weapon. And that, to me, is, like, so much more interesting, right? Like, I would love mm. a version of Livia who's, like... Not only am I good at, like, genetics and math and all of these other things. Oh, she's really good at math, by the way. Another, like, boy quality, right? Like, stupid. Um, Like, I would love for her to be, like, I'm good at all these things, but I'm also, like, incredible at, like, elocution and flirtation. Like, I can, like, talk my way through a diplomatic conversation. I can de-escalate things. Like, I've got this emotional acuity that also really services me and i would love to watch her use those skills in combination with all of her you know quote boy qualities to to sublimate and to like subvert and all of these other things too i also just don't appreciate like 
when girls have this like detesting attitude towards the feminine. Yeah, I think that we're in a really different place now when it comes to like how we view femininity. Sure. Um, than we were like in 2014, um, because ultimately the place that's coming from is a place of like toxic masculinity and like misogyny right like i actually hate women so i'm gonna go ahead and hate anne hathaway for no fucking reason Mm -hmm. and so i think it's a lot of that of rejection of like what femininity is it's a rejection of like what the stereotypical woman is and i think when it's not coming from that place when it's coming from a place of like i can choose how I want to express myself and be in this world, it's a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. But when you're putting down all of the things that you are supposed to be as yeah. horrible, then I think that's when it gets like kind of like tricky and yeah. uncomfortable. Right. What about your rose and thorns? Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with my thorn and I'm going to say it's the apple moment. Um, <laughs> it felt very sort of like... When you play Barbies and like uh-huh. you take your Barbie and you're like, and then my Barbie spins around 50 <laughs> times and like kicks your Barbie in the head. Yeah. Um, it felt very that, which is like, okay, whatever. You can have your little Apple moment, but it wasn't for me. It personally wasn't for me. My Rose, I can't pick the governess Yabos. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I'm struggling. You know what? I feel I'm going to take my thorn back. Oh. I'm going to take my thorn back. Okay. I still don't like the Apple. But my thorn is going to be the fact that this entire chapter was an info dump. Yeah. That makes me sad. There is richness to this world. Yeah. And there, I guess my, my rose will be the information that we got that this is like a world that was thought about that has like been fleshed out in some way. There are different characters that serve different, like very clear purposes. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The bar is in hell under (laughs) Satan's boot. However, I appreciated that. Uh-huh. And I just hate that they didn't utilize it. Yeah. They said they have this world to pull from. And instead of putting us in the world, they're just telling us all about it. Yeah. So the the wor- the world, the possibility of the world is my rose and the fact that we were info dumped about it is my thorn. That's that okay, wow. Hello, the duality. I mean, oh my god, are you an author? I am. That was really good. Okay, great. So, and that brings us to the end of yeah! chapter one of the story of Lex and Livia, Rebels, City of Indra. We're going to have to read it until the end of time because I'm not memorizing it. <laughs> Sparkle noise. So, everyone, thank you for joining us for our, our maiden voyage into the world of Lex and Livia. What a fantastic time we've had. Yeah, uh, so far. And we were just beginning. And if you want to talk about this, if you want to ask us questions about this book, find us on Discord. We are in the Discord all the time. The chat the is going to be in our show notes. Join a hive of really enthusiastic, fun readers that uh, love to learn about these really wild books alongside us. Yes. Um, and you can listen to our other episodes anywhere you're listening to podcasts. We're also on anchor.fm slash club. We're on Twitter as Bad Author Pod, on Instagram as Bad Author Book Club, and our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. If you want to follow me, Claravel, I'm Claravel underscore Ortega on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and I am Rad Bunny, that's B U N N I E, on Twitch. And if you'd like to follow me, I am on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok as the Ryan LaSala. And go buy our books. Please. We need to buy lip gloss. We, t- we remind you guys every episode. Yeah. I need the lip gloss I deficit. Need, I need those dimple um, need installations or whatever God. they're called. I actually have been hoarding eye sparkles. You fucking bitch. I'm going to get them I installed all at once. I'm going to be like full anime eyes. Oh my God. Radiant. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh my God. I know you are. Okay. All right. Off to get surgery. We'll Bye, see you next hot week. Queens. Bye, hot queens. Biggest kisses. I forgot I forgot it all. In the wise words of Missy Elliott. Hootie hoo! Oh my god, don't do that ever again. <laughs> I also, you know why? Because I'm like, what did we even read before? Like, what did we, what were we given? Not much. We were given the prologue. And it was pro-nothing. I'm prologue.
My prologue, I'm Clarabelle. No, you can't counter a dad <laughs> joke with a dad joke. I just did. That the gay should ever heard. The, our two, our two dad jokes just like... What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on the wrong page. Okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.